What's up, everybody? Uh, happy season ending, I guess, to everybody. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals pull off a big, big win against the Cleveland Browns, beating them 31-14. to It was never really in doubt from the get-go. The Cincinnati Bengals had a, uh, a pretty solid outing across the board and a lot of different players contributing, starters contributing, reserve players contributing, and... <clears throat> Although it maybe affected the draft order a little bit for them um, in a negative way, it's a little bit of what the just what the doctor ordered for them, right? I mean, you end the season on a really high note. You beat a team that you have had a lot of trouble with over the last half decade, really. At this point, you get that divisional win, the first one of the year. You didn't, you hadn't had one all year, and uh, you know you're feeling pretty good. You end up with a winning record. And oh, by the way, the AFC North, first time ever for the division, all four teams finish with winning records. And I thought I heard CBS's Jay Feely say today that it's the first time a division has done that with four teams all having winning records since the 1930s. have to double check that. But uh, regardless, it proves that the AFC North is the best division in football, hands down, the most competitive, the most physical. We already kind of knew that on this side of the fence, but in case you're new here, you know, it's not much doubt in that one. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. We're going to run through some things as we usually do with the post game. Talk about some good, not too much bad, but uh, we could talk a little bit about that. And uh, as well as get uh, give some thoughts a little bit into this coming year and uh, what, you know, just what it what what direction the Bengals may be headed in in a variety of capacities if you're new here welcome uh, we're going to be continuing to give you coverage throughout the postseason even though the Bengals aren't in it throughout the postseason throughout the offseason not really much time off for us because we're going to be talking free agency draft and we've got prospect profiles free agent profiles all that kind of stuff that we'll be going through in the offseason so you want to keep it here you want to keep it to cincyjungle.com you can subscribe to this channel right by that Cincy Jungle icon down there. There is an Orange and Black Insider Show icon on the YouTube channel. Click that to subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live and when new content is available. Smash a thumbs up for us on the YouTube channel. That helps us appreciate that. You can also tune in live. We stream live to the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. So make sure you give that a thumbs up if you haven't already. There's like 85,000 followers there. So um, you won't be alone there. I promise. You can go there. And of course... This show and the other great ones that we have on the Cincy Jungle podcast channel, Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends, uh, our show, Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick, the coach, 
and three and out with Jason and Kevin, all on your favorite audio streamer, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, all of the ones. Go check it out. Subscribe to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel to get your favorite shows, and they'll be peppering you with content in the offseason, no doubt, as well. So the Bengals handle the Browns. We're going to briefly go through the box scores we kind of usually do just to kind of talk about some things, highlight some players and, and different things. Um, uh, before we do, I, I do want to talk about Jake Browning, and I'm going to show you this a, a couple of times here on loop, and it is a little bit of a shameless self-promotion because it is from my Twitter account. Um, but this throw, in case you missed it, uh, maybe you were at the game, you didn't really see exactly what happened or any of that kind of stuff. Look at the ball placement here. Now, granted, it's a little grainy because I took it shortly after it happened on my TV, um, check out this throw, though, by Jake Browning in between three defenders. Um, this ultimately led to a touchdown, but check this out. He drops back in the pocket, sits and waits, and drops it right into Trenton Irwin there. Just an incredible throw. Here's another look at it right over the linebacker's head and another defender swiping at it. You can see it again. And this is the kind of stuff that ended up defining Jake Browning's season um, when he came in in relief for, for Joe Burrow. I mean, that's just incredible ball placement. Um, you know, some, some cynics may say, well, did he actually mean to put it there? I don't know. But uh, I mean, that's a, that's a great throw between three or four defenders really. And this is the kind of stuff that you saw develop in, in his confidence level. Uh, always a pretty confident guy, but I think as he got more starts under his belt this is the kind of stuff you saw from him where you go oh wow this guy he's he's kind of got it he's got a little something that uh could give you uh the idea that he could start for for some teams in the nfl at this point and obviously one of if not the best backup options around the league gosh there was what uh, was upwards of almost 70 players that started uh games at quarterback around the league this year so um, you know, I mean, you look at it and you get, he, he has developed really well. Kudos to him. Kudos to the development provided by Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan in, in, in bringing him up and obviously changing some things from his first couple of starts or first couple of games that he played the Ravens game and the Steelers game, making him successful. He ended up having a winning record. I believe he was four and three as a starter. Uh, was Jake Browning strung those three wins together against playoff caliber teams there. Um, <laughs> ironically, none of those teams, even though they were playoff caliber, none of them ended up making, well, I think we have to see what happens with the Vikings here later today. But um, ironically, you know, the Jags are out. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the Colts are out. They lost last night, so they're out. And then, of course, you had uh, the Vikings who were kind of on the bubble right now. So uh, none of them ended up making the postseason as of this point. But, I mean, they were in it at those times, and they were, you know, Jacksonville was a really good team at that point in time. So um, at any rate, uh, kudos to Brown and kudos to the offensive staff. I know there were some some other issues, particularly last week, when you look at the second half of that game. But, I mean, they did a lot of things uh, this this second half of the year, and, and it was kind of a, a bit of a, I don't want to call it a miracle, but, I think we were all pretty excited that the Bengals were still in it and still in the playoff hunt as late as they were, given no Joe Burrow, T. Higgins in and out of the lineup, Jamar Chase in and out of the lineup, et cetera. So, um, you know, the fact that they did that and, you know, again, you look at the score here, I'll pull up the box score. The fact that the Bengals handled business the way that they did today, you know, I think it does speak volumes to 
the quote unquote culture, because for those of you who have been around Cincinnati Bengals football, covered it, watched it, et cetera, over the last, I don't know, 20 years, 30 years, especially in the 1990s, early, early 2000s, pre-Marvin Lewis, there was a lot of times where this team was not in it and they would mail it in. They would mail it in and they wouldn't show up towards the end of the season. Now, sometimes they were also known as being a team that would string together some wins when they were way out of it. And you go, well, where was, where was, has this been all, all year? But I mean, we've seen this team kind of mail it in at times and that was not the case this, this week. And you can say all you want about, well, of course they played the, the Browns mostly backups across the board. True but you are supposed to beat a team at one point that was 31 to nothing. You were supposed to beat a team like that when you were playing a good portion of your starters against reserve players. This is the kind of result you want to see. And the Bengals really, really, really took it to the Browns in a lot of aspects today. I mean, man, they had 24 yards of offense to the Browns uh, well into the second quarter. They didn't get their first first down until midway in the second quarter i mean it, it it was a tough tough go of things for cleveland in a lot of respects and that's what you want to see out of the Bengals. you look at browning high completion percentage again 18 of 24 156 three touchdowns the interception was a pretty bad throw there uh sailed it over i believe it was tyler boyd uh but had a one 113.9 rating there and you look at it 156 yards there was a drop by tyler boyd that would have been another 40 or 50 yards, if not maybe even a 91-yard touchdown. Uh, there was a drop uh, by Yoshivash on the on one of the sidelines. There he got he got popped and it it came loose. I think so. There, you know, there's two or three drops in there that could have easily pushed him well over 200 yards passing. Um, but shoulda, woulda, coulda. 156, three touchdowns, one interception. Efficient day. Didn't need a ton of hero ball from him. In this one, they got the hero ball from Joe Mixon, though, 14 for 111. You did, by the way, you did see A.J. McCarron come in there. That was kind of a unique experience when you see Jake Browning taking snaps and starting for the Bengals. You see A.J. McCarron coming in in relief from, from, for him. And then, oh, by the way, on the other on the other side, Jeff Driscoll, former Bengals quarterback, who did the Jake Browning thing back in 2018, starting games at the end of that season, uh, Driscoll was was started so really really odd day quarterback wise at Paycor here Driscoll was 13 of 26 he was really struggling until garbage time at the end there 166 did have the two touchdowns that were uh, at the end of the game there two picks early was sacked three times and and ran the ball quite a bit you see seven for 33 from Driscoll on the ground uh Bengals did get hero ball from Joe Mixon 14 for 111 by the way this box score is provided by ESPN I always want to Make sure I give the proper shout out there. Um, 14 for 111 on the ground, almost eight yards per carry, a touchdown on the ground. Chase Brown doing some work as well. 11 for 43. He had some really nice runs. So you see the 27 yarder here, but then there were like mixing too. There was just the massive losses where it's a two yard loss. It's a, I mean, the Bengals got to figure that out next year. They can't keep having these, you know, get well behind the sticks type of run plays in early downs. You just cannot have that. Um, and it, you know, it's not a direct indictment on the backs. It's, it's also blocking. It's all kinds of stuff that needs to come together. Scheme, predictability of the play, all of that needs to kind of come together and, and they need to fix that going into next year. You see Browning ran twice for 18, uh, 18 yards, the 11 yarder, I think brought him up pretty close to the goal line at one standpoint. Not a nice run there. Charlie Jones doing three different facets of work today, two runs, 
for 13 yards. I believe both of those netted first downs on the ground. So you like that. And then he was your leading receiver of the day, three for 49. Uh, did have the nice 35 yarder there. And then, of course, he was doing punt return work too. So busy day for Charlie Jones. Good to see that rookie getting in, into the mix. You see the 16.3 yards average um, per catch there. That's that's nice stuff. And then, of course, Yoshi, five for 36. Uh, most catches on the team, team lead in reception, second in receiving yardage, and the two touchdowns. He is becoming a nice red zone weapon. He had four touchdown catches in his rookie year, so you like to see that as a complimentary weapon. They wanted him to develop throughout this year. He was a preseason hero. They really, really like him, and there's a lot to like there. Uh, did have a drop, and one of the touchdowns looked a little questionable. I mean, he was there and all that kind of stuff, so you know, uh, you'll take that. And then, of course, you got Irwin, th- two for 34. Quiet day for Jamar Chase, but we'll talk about it uh, in a second. He and Mixon hit a couple of milestones there. You like to see that. Um, and then, of course, down here, Dax Hill, your leading tackler with five. Up and down day for him. Logan Wilson, five tackles. He did have the interception. Jordan Battle, great, great game from him. Breakout game potentially for him. Had a sack, two tackles for loss, two passes defended, an interception and four total tackles. Big, big game for Jordan Battle. And he has really become a nice player in that secondary. You like to see that. Um, and, and then, of course, B.J. Hill getting a half sack. Zach, uh, Trey Hendrickson getting a half sack. And uh, Hubbard also getting a, a, a sack, too. So you like to see all of that from the Bengals' defense that was pretty stifling to the Browns' this uh this week so as i mentioned here um let's talk a little congratulations joe mixon and jamar chase uh mixon hit an escalator with his uh 12 touchdowns not only helped his pocketbook there got i think a three hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus uh we got a hat tip to that to uh at schultz report on uh jordan schultz on twitter so um, you got you like that. And of course, he had his first 100 yard rushing game of the year, the last one, and he cracked a thousand yards for the season. Did Joe Mixon. So you like to see that. And then Jamar Chase getting his 100th reception in the game. Good stuff there for both of them. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a... 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, now, the the thing that we need to talk about is, okay, what are the futures of some of these guys? Because now the Bengals have some big, big decisions to make across their roster going into 2024. Um, and, you know, that's kind of where we can we could transition next a little bit as we kind of close things up because you know we, we could talk about this game a lot and the x's and o's and you know that sort of thing but um you know i mean again with the browns kind of resting a lot of players and Bengals bringing in a lot of their reserves towards the end of the game and whatnot you kind of go okay well i mean eh, we kind of knew this might be a little bit of a wonky game but still nonetheless good win by the cincinnati Bengals. good way to end the season good vibes there and, uh, you know, I, I think I think a lot of players stood out. One guy I didn't mention, Mike Hilton, he was really active. He had two uh, tackles for loss or at least run stuffs back to back and then later had a nice pass defended, too. Um, so, you know, as, as you look ahead to, to 2024, that's why I didn't want to really belabor the game so much. It's more about what's what's going to be ahead now. I think you're going to have some good vibes based on how this season ended. I think you're going to have some good vibes based on. Uh, based on the fact that the Bengals remained alive late, late into the season in the playoff hunt without Joe Burrow, without T Higgins, without Jamar Chase for, you know, games in there. And the fact that they were able to do that definitely speaks volumes to the character of the team, to the coaching staff, et cetera. Now there are some things that need to be cleaned up on the coaching side. Some people are, I mean, I don't really know. I'm not in agreement with it. Some people are saying, you know, they want some changes being done. I, you know, I think they just, this was an off season for me, this last off season where the Bengals lost a lot of players. And while they weren't starting players necessarily across the board, they, they lost three starters, right? I mean, they lost their two starting safeties and then they lost Hayden Hurst. Uh, and so you lose three, three starters from your team the year prior, that's going to hurt. Whereas you had you were able to keep the team basically intact from the Super Bowl team to 22, I think the only loss of a starter there was Uzama. Um, uh, so and then you, you also lost Larry Ogunjobi that year too. That that kind of hurt. But regardless, I think you you lo- lose some of those players there, and then you also lose a Samaje Pirine, uh, and, and you didn't use Chase Brown much early in the year, and then he was hurt at one point. So you lose a Samaj P. Ryan, very, very valuable player, reserve player. Um, and you just you, you look at some of the key pieces there and you go, hey, you lost Trey Flowers, right? I mean, that's three safeties-ish type of types of players. I mean, he was kind of a hybrid guy with Flowers that's those are three guys in a in a position group essentially where you go man that that was a lot of attrition at one spot and so now you have to look at it i think we're all encouraged with with jordan battle i think we've seen a lot of nice moments from dax hill but there was also from he and dj turner this year just inches away from big plays inches um you know i remember uh, 
Dax uh, on uh, a few weeks ago had his hands on an interception. I think it was maybe a play in, against Houston. He had so uh, th- there there are plays he had a what was the one in Jacksonville? He had the the play in the end zone where he tipped it to the to the Jaguars guy and the the receiver in the end zone, and that was a touchdown for the Jaguars when it should have been a pick in the end zone type of thing. So the question here with this group, you're encouraged from jo- Jordan Battle, Nick Scott, I think ended up playing better as a reserve player down the road instead of as a starter. But what do you do? How are you feeling about the secondary group at this point? It was kind of an up and down day from from Turner and, and Hill. Turner had an outstanding start to the season and then had a rough patch towards the back end. So are we resigned to the fact that this is going to be we're talking about a developmental year. These are still young guys, really their first starts and, and big NFL game action for a lot of them. And they just need to catch up where Cam Taylor Britt was at most of this year. Or is it, might we need to look at some personnel switching or building that depth even more in the draft and free agency? Um, So, yeah, I mean, you see the, uh, Pastor Dave here saying need to draft another defensive back. Um, yeah, Kevin, Kevin, that's what I'm saying, man. Trey Flowers keeping the tight ends in check for sure. He was a, a very useful utility player for the Bengals. And you lose two starters, their leadership, their savviness, their football IQ, physicality in Von Bell and Jesse Bates, their turnover. I mean, they were turnover machines for this Bengals team. A lot of people felt that those two were also responsible for lining up the linebackers and other players in front of them to get guys situated as well. Um, And then when you have two, not only two new starters, but then one guy who's a second year guy and one guy who's a rookie as safeties replacing them, Scott was a veteran, but it just wasn't clicking back there for a lot of the year. But now are you encouraged by that group? The athleticism's there, the speed's there. Uh, or, or, you know, is it battle and let's, let's, uh, you know, battle's going to be one of the guys and then let's see what happens at the other safety spot, bring in some competition. Um, a lot of things to figure out as, uh, you know, at the cornerback position too, because Wuzier is, uh, entering free agency hasn't, was not the same player this year, unfortunately, that he was for, you know, a year and a half with the Bengals pre-injury. Um, he was outstanding. He was playing outstanding football last year too, before he got hurt. Um, but he's set to hit free agency. And so when you go, okay, well, Turner, he was a second round pick. He's really fast. He's flashed at the early parts of the season. Uh, are you ready to to hand the mantle over as a, of a starter to him? Do you bring back Ouzier if he wants to come back? Uh, you know, you've got some things to figure out there. I think you've got a nice uh, bordering on a lockdown guy in, in Taylor Britt on the other side. So um, they need to figure that out. They need to figure out the development of the safeties and where, where they are. They need to get more ancillary pass rush from players not named Trey Hendrickson. Now, congrats to Trey Hendrickson as well. Uh, he had an outstanding season, um, you know, aside from Coy Bacon for the Bengals when they did not have stats racked up as an official NFL stat. Um, I mean, not counting that season from Bacon, this is the, you know, the best pass rushing season by a Bengals player ever. Um, so congratulations big time to Trey Hendrickson for sure, but they need to get other 
ancillary help. And I think it also ancillary help for Hubbard too. I think it was really placed on both of them. Hubbard didn't quite have the stats that he has had in years past. Uh, and so I, I think that comes down to the high volume of snaps those guys have played. I think they've also, if you notice, they had to move Hubbard around a lot to help out in the in the run defense because it was getting gashed this year. So his pass rushing ability was was lessened because of what they asked him to do at times. Um, so, you, you know, Osai had a nice play today. It was great to see him. He was the one who hit Driscoll's arm to cause the interception. Um, but you have to find somebody. And then Miles Murphy came came along. That's your first round pick this year. He came around at the end of the year here, had a, a couple of sacks. That he, so he was looking pretty good at the end of the year. Um, but you got to be able to get sacks and get pressure from multiple spots. And I think that's where they need to really look at three technique and help out BJ Hill. It's uh, some of these position groups, they've got a lot of talent, but they are top heavy. And so they need to, to bolster some depth there as well. Um, you know, the guys may be on the roster and you just got to give them more opportunities or better, more favorable situations when you put them in there. But um, you got to find more, more pass rush help. I'm interested to see what happens with running backs because we're looking at T. Higgins, a lot of Bengals mainstays over the last half decade plus, essentially. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, who did not have a great game today, but he has been amazing for this football team. I am a big, big Tyler Boyd guy. Um, it may be time to part ways for both sides. I don't know, but he, I am a big, big Tyler Boyd guy. There is no doubt about it. Um, he has meant a lot to this team in the good years and the bad ones. So, you know, but they're, they're facing that. And that's a lot of attrition for one position group. Again, if you lose both of those guys this year. And then, of course, Joe Mixon, he's got another year on the on that contract technically. But, you know, the Bengals can opt out of that thing and, and you know, figure something out after he reworked that that deal. So a, a lot of Bengals mainstays, a lot of veterans who've been productive on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, there's a lot of questions to answer there. I do not think the Bengals can afford to lose both Higgins and Boyd in the same offseason, uh, regardless of what Jones and Yoshi showed today. I think they need to keep uh, at least one of them. Uh, if, if anything, learn your lesson from the safety spot there. So a lot of questions, but and then, of course, what do you do? What do you do with with Browning? Right. Exclusive rights, free agent. You probably resign him and then. What, you know, what happens? Do you, do you hang on to him? A lot of people are saying, yeah, you know, maybe you could trade him if you resign him, et cetera, et cetera. Do you hang on to him for a rainy day again? Because Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL, but he's played the equivalent of two and a half seasons uh, in, in four, right? So, uh, or, or three seasons, I guess, in four. I mean, he's missed a good portion of this year and then a good portion of his rookie year. So basically three of uh, three full seasons, he's been healthy of four, uh, but it's been scattered over a couple. So do you, do you hang on to Browning, save him for a rainy day again, or do you try and get, you know, maybe some capital there? And I don't know. Uh, there is, there's just a lot of questions with this team. And I think because you have Burrow, because you're going to have Chase, and you've got some pieces on the offensive line. That's another question, by the way, we'll, we'll talk about in a second. You've got a lot of pieces on the offensive line. You know, Jay Feely said it today on the telecast that he expects the Bengals to be one of the Super Bowl favorites going into next year because of who they have at a lot of key spots. They need to bolster depth and they need to be able to 
do the things that successful teams do in the AFC North. This year was a tough, tough pill to swallow going one in five in the division. And they need to figure out how to get that back on track. That is a key, key part of their off season. I think that's, it's rushing the passer. I think it's a scheme. I mean, we talked, talked a little bit. uh, It was talked about today again, I think by Feely and others, but you know, the, the scheme that, that evolved out of so much plays being done out of empty and the Bengals kind of doing a little bit more out of the play action and run game late in the season with Browning. Is that going to be adopted next year with Burrow at least a little bit more than it has been um, in in years past. That's something that they need to think about too. So a lot of questions, some big, big personnel decisions, including Jonah Williams and right tackle. The Bengals need to figure out if they feel that his play was above average and uh, they, they feel that he can continue to play well and get grow into that role. His biggest win for, for Jonah Williams this year, healthy. Healthy. He was finally healthy. Um, you know, I, I I don't think a lot of people would have a problem with Jonah Williams coming back and, and being your starting right tackle if the if the money works, if it all works out. Um, but you need to stabilize that offensive line as much as possible. They're still, you know, and granted, Browning and Burrow, they run into sacks, they try and play a little backyard football here and there, and it, it, sometimes it creates a wow play and other times it creates uh you know something that is near disaster so they need to you know make sure that all of that is short up protection lessening the hits and sacks on the quarterbacks i mean it's just not sustainable it's just not sustainable uh, i mean you saw trevor lawrence down the stretch and he's a big guy i mean he's lean but he's a tall dude it's just not sustained look around the league justin herbert out for the year Trevor Lawrence battered at the end of the year, Burrow out for the year. Cleveland Browns have, you know, a couple of guys out. I mean, the quarterbacks are are taking hits, big hits. And so the Bengals have a good one and they need to lessen that on him for sure. But I, I think, you know, it's a good way to end the season. I think there's a lot of positives to enter next season. Uh, if you're the Bengals, I, I, it's just, it's a very interesting time in their in their history, though, because now, you know, this window that you, you you had where the lot of guys on rookie deals that is now. I mean, Burrow's not on his rookie deal anymore. You're going to have to give an, an extension to Chase. You got to figure out T. Higgins. So all these things where you're it's financially manageable, and you go, wow, we've got all this talent, and the Super Bowl windows open. Um, I, it, it's shrinking a little bit now. The Bengals do have, as we mentioned on the show last week, I think they've got about $70 million in cap space set right now. So they're in pretty good shape cap-wise. I think they've got the sixth most uh, salary cap space going into next season. So that's good news as they make some big, big decisions. But as I said, there are key, key Bengals in this team's history. Mixon, Higgins, Boyd. Um, that and and Williams to a lesser degree. I mean, he's a first round pick, but uh, I mean, these are big, big players and big, big decisions that this team needs to make. And you can't afford, as the lesson was learned last free agency period, the team cannot afford to continue to let you know a mass exodus of starters and or rotational players leave in free agency. They got to keep 
you know, some of their core guys together and keep this thing rolling in the direction that they want to want to get it going towards. So um, I, this is also a good point. I mean, uh, Dave Hammond, why can't, why can't Taylor get them rolling early? There was kind of an inconsistent start to 21. They had the opening week win and then they lost the, the in a, crazy fashion to Justin Fields, who was a rookie at that point, um, to the Bears. So it was kind of up and down in that one. They had the two bad losses to start last year against the Steelers and the Cowboys, respectively. And then they had the slow start this year with Burroughs injury. They they cannot. And and it was especially, especially critical this year to not start off that way when you have the Browns and the Ravens right off the bat. You just couldn't afford to go 0 and 2 in that stretch, and they did. Um, and so, you know, they ended up making a run at it late, but ultimately, their conference record, their division record, it just wasn't enough down the stretch. And so that's why they are sitting on their couches. They they needed 10 wins anyway. Um, so, you know, that's why they were they're sitting on their couch here next week instead of going and playing somewhere. But still, a valiant effort at the end of the year. A lot of things to clean up from the coaching ranks. You know, we got to, you got to figure out some semblance. It doesn't have to be a complete balance, but you got to have some semblance of, of the rushing attack working at at a decent level. Like it was towards the end of this year, it was working pretty well. You saw today was working well too. So they need to get a little bit more of that. Um, Joe Burrow's still going to be, you know, Superman and all of that. It's not taking the ball out of his hands, but it's taking the hits off of him potentially, or at least a few hits off of him when you do that. And you're able to do that. And then of course, things just open up a little bit more for it. Now, this is the, also they, they tap Burroughs preferences and knowledge on the system that they run with him. So, I mean, this is likely a lot of stuff that he likes running out a lot of stuff out of empty and seeing the field pre-snap and everything. So we know that, but you know, I think there needs to be a little bit of a change going forward um, in terms of the philosophy and, and what they want to do. But at any rate, we're going to start to get out of here. Big week 18 win for the Cincinnati Bengals. They go to nine and eight. The entire AFC North is uh, in, uh, it has winning records. I actually want to share this with you guys first before I get out of here. Uh, um, we're going to I'm going to bring up the playoff picture courtesy, I think, of NFL.com. Let me grab that for you uh, just so you can see. But with the Jaguars loss today to the Tennessee Titans, that puts as unlikely as it may seem. The Pittsburgh Steelers. In the playoff picture and you want to talk about across the board. Uh, let's see loading 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 um you want to see across the board of just wow good um <laughs> the Bengals were the eight seed by the way at this point uh, they were just on the outside looking in uh let me let me bring this up for you but the uh, you want to talk about coach of the year type of stuff in a division go across the coaches in in the AFC North and what they had to endure the types of performances they have put up etc um and you can see okay so your one seeds are the ravens and the niners respectively your two seeds are the dolphins and the lions i to my understanding i think sam laporta left the game with a knee injury today 
in week 18. Um, that's a big yikes for them. So I don't know how severe, severe that is. I haven't heard much reported on that, but I saw something about that and I was like, wow, that's, that's not good. Chiefs, the three seed, they are more vulnerable than in years past for sure. Cowboys also the three seed. Texans getting in there with the Jacksonville loss at 10 and seven. Um, Buccaneers, the Browns, the Eagles are the five seeds, the Bills and the Rams. And then the Steelers, I believe, if I am not mistaken, it is the Browns who go to the Texans. I think that's what was said today, uh, but we'll we'll learn more about that. But um, the seven seed is still being figured out here. It's not locked in. Currently, the Saints hold it. The Packers got to figure out what they're doing. Seahawks are still alive, but you know they they need some help here. So. Uh, right now, Saints are the front runner with the, I guess, uh, did, did Tampa Bay lose here? Um, oh, no, they won. They're in, they're in the four seed. Uh, so, yeah, Saints right now are in it. We'll see what happens. But that is the playoff picture. Three teams from the AFC North and not the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, three teams from the AFC North are in the playoffs. Um, kudos to all the AFC North coaches, though. I mean, three of those teams lost quarterbacks, benched them. Etc. And all of them were in the playoff hunt, at least until week 17. And then three of them get in it. So, you know, proves how competitive that division is for sure. Anyway, we're going to get out of here. I'm Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider and CincyJungle.com. You can get this podcast uh through our youtube channel by subscribing underneath there somewhere yeah kind of by the cincy jungle icon go click that to the show icon to subscribe um and then of course click the bell to be notified when we go live when new content is available and get your our show and the others on the cincy jungle podcast channel on your favorite audio streamer um, we're on all the major ones there keep it to cincyjungle.com for all your news opinions analysis podcasts and we will be back this week and the weeks ahead in the offseason, breaking down what's happening in the postseason, what's happening in Bengals' world of things, breaking down free agent profiles, draft profiles, all of that stuff. Uh, and before I get out of here, I know the Bengals' season is closing, so I guess in a way we kind of say, well, we're, we're closing a, a chapter a little bit of the show. Just thanks for hanging with us this this entire year, whether it's just me when the, on these post-game shows or – uh, John and I throughout the year, and of course, the other shows on the podcast channel. Really appreciate all the support. Really appreciate all the downloads, the listens, the views, all that kind of stuff. You guys drive the ship. You guys make this happen. You guys make it fun. And I just appreciate all of you. Appreciate your compliments, your kind words, your continued interest in the show and continued uh, you know levels of enthusiasm for not only what we do, but for the Bengals, even though the year didn't quite go as we all hoped or expected, you stayed with us. You stayed with the Bengals. I appreciate that. We appreciate all of you. So thank you very much. Happy new year to all of you. We'll be back with more in the days and weeks ahead. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and see ya. 